Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. The guest for this episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast is Swedish photographer Jens Lennartsson. I discovered Jens's work a few months ago and I immediately became a fan of his writing and of his photography. I think he has some great ideas to share about the relationship between travel photography, writing and visual storytelling. So naturally I asked Jens to be a guest on my show and he graciously accepted. So this is the recording of the conversation we had recently. I hope you will appreciate it and find it as insightful and interesting as I did. If you do, I would appreciate if you left us a review on iTunes. All the show notes and the links for this episode will be available at ttim.photo slash 21. And now let's listen to my interview with Jens Lennartsson. Hello, Jens, and uh, welcome to our podcast. It's Thanks a great pleasure to, to have you here today. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I've been a photographer for almost 10 years, been doing a lot of different things like press photography and uh, shooting for magazines. I've been doing some commercial work, but lately I've been calling myself a uh, a travel photographer. I'm also a travel writer. But since about six months ago, I realized that I should probably go stop calling myself just a photographer and start seeing myself as a storyteller. So that would kind of give me more more tools to work with to to tell the stories that I want to tell. So that's basically where I am now. Yeah, I would just like to, to mention that the first time I got to know you was through uh, an article that you posted on, uh, I think it was on, on Medium, where you're currently writing. Mm-hmm. about the, the title of the article was Why Every Travel Photographer Should Carry a Notebook. So I think that uh, relates very much to, to what you were saying about uh, being not just a photographer, but also a, a storyteller. And uh, for the for the benefit of our audience, I have to say that you uh, you have a great series of articles, uh, first Thank on your blog, much. then on, you. on Medium, that are about various uh, topics related to to travel, to photography, and to to travel photography and to writing and so on. So, if you don't mind, I would just like to to use some of those articles as uh, as inputs, as uh, suggestions for our conversations. So I'm just going to, to ask you questions based on, on your articles. And then, of course, we will put um, in the blog post that goes together with this podcast, we will put uh, links to all of your or your posts so people can can check for themselves if they want to, to get in deeper um, about your... Uh, uh, your opinions, I think. Uh, it's uh, it's good to say that you have uh, very strong opinions, and uh, I <laughs> tend to agree with uh, with many of them, and I will see if our readers, our listeners, uh, uh, if they resonate with our listeners or not. Um, so, yeah, of course, first of all, I would like to you to talk about this, uh, and 
basically I'm just going to, to ask you why should every fo- travel photographer carry a notebook? Can you expand a bit on uh, on what you mean by that? Well, actually, I think that everyone that's traveling should carry a notebook uh, because, well, as I, as, I, as I write in the article, if you commit to write down stuff you see and hear and, and live in this notebook, that kind of force you to to stop now and then to look around, to listen, to 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 smell, and you just just stop for a while and take in the scene. Uh, if I mean, if you usually when you travel, you're just going to place to place, and maybe when you're with friends, you're talking to them, and you go into a restaurant, you sit with them, you go to the beach, you're with your friends. And you don't really take in what's happening around you. But if you have a notebook or something to write in, I mean, you could you could use a phone or, or, or your laptop, but I really prefer to have something physical to to touch, to to write in. If you have something to write down, you will force yourself to experience the moment. You can't just do what you're doing and, and let everything happen around you. You need to sit down, you need to look around, who are passing you, what do they look like, what does that food alley smell like, and everything like that. So it will it would basically give you a much richer experience when you travel, just by, by buying a, a cheap five euro notebook. And uh, I have to say I've started carrying a notebook with me uh, when I travel. And uh, I try to use, I mean, I'm making the attempt, the attempt to try to use it, but maybe I'm uh, just too, still too much tied to the idea that I should photograph everything. And uh, uh, there's another article that you that you have on, uh, on your website, which is titled How Not to Take a Photo which probably is uh, related to that and what's about the importance of, uh, uh, I mean, gathering sensations uh, uh, and so on when you travel instead of just uh, snapping away at everything. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all connected to the... I mean, we, we, we decide that we are going to be someone, we're going to be a photographer, or that we're going to do something, we're going to travel around and, and see as much as possible, and then we get stuck to that idea. And maybe it's, I mean, even if you are a photographer, there, there might be a story that is not told in the best way through photography. Maybe you should use something else, but just because... You set your mind to being a photographer. You feel the the need to to take pictures, even if there might be a a better way to tell a story, or maybe you shouldn't tell a story at all. You should just be there and live it for yourself. Because, I mean, like every if you listen to to interviews with war photographers, they always say that. The only way they can cope with what's happening in front of them, people getting killed and getting, I mean, terrible things happening. The only way they cope with that is to look through the camera. So basically the the camera becomes a, a filter between you and the reality and you don't really live it. You just look on it through a, a lens, like 
you're watching it on TV. So basically, whenever you're taking a picture, you're not really living the moment. And though I think it's amazing to take photos and I love doing it, I even I like it even more to to live a moment and later on maybe I can I can I can talk about it with my friends when we're sitting having having a, a, a dinner or anything like that and I don't have to t- take my phone up to show the pictures I can just be there I can tell it with like my words so I I think we should stop getting so attached to to uh, what we decide that we are or what we going to do we just be a little bit more open and I think it also um, has something to do with the fact that the, putting a camera between your eye and the scene that you are looking at is uh, what you see through the viewfinder, whether it's an electronic viewfinder or an optical one, it's still in some way mediated and you are isolating yourself a bit from, from the scene. And and the fact that what you see through the viewfinder is not the whole scene that your eyes would see, but it's just a a very small uh, slice of reality that is such a gets such a kind of tunnel vision through the viewfinder that isolates you a bit from the surroundings and uh, and you get so focused and so concentrating on what you are seeing and what you are framing that maybe you miss the the sounds the smells and so on um, do you agree yeah i mean after all uh, photography is about one of the senses it's about what you see so yeah, you will you will miss out on a lot of other things that is happening around you, and also you, you choose to point your camera in one direction. So that's why I think it's. I mean, you shouldn't see yourself as just a photographer because that's basically like a carpenter would call himself a a hammerer, just mm-hmm. using a hammer, but he's got the entire toolbox uh, right in front of him. I mean. You shouldn't you shouldn't stick to being a photographer if you I mean if your if your passion is to tell stories, then photography is one part. Mm-hmm. And you you have all I mean you have the sound, you have moving images, you have the text, you have your voice, you have everything. So I think it's good to open up like that. And of course you are a professional photographer, so what you what you shoot, I mean you you also sell. You make a living from it, correcting. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's, that, that's good. That's good. Yeah. That, does that mean that uh, also your writing or any anything else that you capture while you're traveling is part of your offering as a professional photographer? Does, for instance, does writing help you sell photos, or they go together somehow? Or is it that something that you only do for yourself, for your friends? Well, well, I mean, first of all, I, I, I try not to call myself a professional photographer anymore. I try mm-hmm. to call myself more of a storyteller because I, I, do, I, do, I do write. I do sell a package with, with pictures and, and text for, for uh, let's say, travel magazines and, and tabloids, newspapers. It's, it's usually much easier to, to make a living off that and it's much easier to sell an a, a whole article with text and pictures to a magazine than if you come and just sell the pictures. It's basically, it's pretty much impossible to, to just sell photos unless you manage to uh, get in touch with a magazine just when they have already sent someone to 
do a text. So mm. yeah, I, I do, I do uh, write and uh, take pictures for articles and blogs and stuff like that. Also do a few, uh, also experimenting with doing a few kind of like micro documentaries, like uh, three, four minute documentaries from uh, places around the world, like things I've experienced and that I think that people should know about. Uh, mostly connected to animal rights. Uh, so we have a few of those. So you do, you do video too? Yeah, I'm kind of, kind of learning. I realized it's a very nice way to tell a story. Uh, and it's going to be some kind of a, a mix between a documentary and, and a, and a vlog. Mm-hmm. So, uh, is that, is that something that is available online that people can, can see? Uh, it's going to be on available pretty soon. Uh-huh. Not really sure when people are going to hear this this uh, podcast episode, but in a few weeks it's going to be out from now on. Yeah, I think this will be uh, a few weeks too before uh, we, we are recording this at the end of March. And it will be uh, a few weeks before the, the podcast is out. So maybe um, if you have already something published, we will put a link in the show notes so people, people can go and... Uh, and look for themselves. Uh, if you have a, I guess it's going to be to be interesting, definitely. I would just like to, before maybe moving to a slightly different topic, to quote from your article uh, a sentence that says, "If the first thing you do when seeing something amazing is to look at the edit through your camera, you're not there in the first place," mm. which is, um, I think, sums up what we were saying earlier. Is not being uh, present in the place and in the moment. Okay, so um, we we mentioned uh, a bit uh, the, the aspect, the issue of uh, professionalism and doing uh, photography for for work for commercial reasons, and I would just like uh, to touch a bit on that. And again, I'm going to to ask you another question using one of your articles as an inspiration. And the question is, why should you photograph the same things as everyone else? Well, I guess it's a little bit the same thing as we talked about before, you getting stuck. I mean, you're setting your mind to to do something and you kind of get, kind of miss out on everything else. In this case, it's, I mean, everyone is talking about you need to be unique. You need to be doing something that no one else is doing, right? Yeah. And, I mean, I, I think I wrote that article about, I mean, I, I was talking about travel photography specifically. And the thing is, uh, when when I started to shoot for uh, one of the, the, the bigger, bigger clients that I have, uh, a, a Swedish travel magazine I came back and every time the the uh, art director were asking me for like well, where's the shots of like the Eiffel Tower or where's the shots of the this famous building and why don't you have pictures of women smoking cigars in Havana and I didn't have those because I set my mind that I should would shoot new and unique pictures so Whenever I saw something that could be kind of cliche, I didn't even take the picture, even though I had the possibility to, 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 I mean, decide not to use it 
when I looked through the photos in my in my in my computer. I didn't even didn't even even take the shot because I mean, and and that made I actually those pictures aren't bad to shoot. I mean, you don't always need to be coming up with new and exciting. I mean, of course, it should be exciting, but new and unique pictures. Sometimes just you should also take those photos that everyone else are taking. Maybe just do it in a different way because you can't only have 20 totally crazy, unique, new pictures in a travel article because then no one will recognize themselves. I mean, everyone have a picture in their head when when you hear Cuba, when you hear Havana, you 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 know there's mojitos, you know there's people smoking cigars, there's old American cars. And I could go to Havana and take pictures that no one else have seen or like most people haven't seen before. But if I'm gonna take those pictures for a travel article, I need to to uh, come back with with some photos that kind of anchor the the viewer in place, kind of put the viewer, reader in place with something they know about. So, I mean, today it doesn't cost anything to take 10,000 pictures. So I think you should just drop the idea that every photo you take should be unique because in the end, it's the entire article that counts. I mean, you have 20 pictures and five of them should be great, like amazing. And then you can have 10 that are just like filling up the space, like like taking the pace down a little bit and like filling the gaps where to, where you needed to build the entire story. I'm not sure if that was a, a good answer to that yeah, it was question. A, but, uh, very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And uh, it's also very important what you write about uh, uh, being able to to go past the the gatekeepers, the, the people, the art directors that they they somehow have an expectation in their in their mind that if you go to Cuba to take photos, there should be, as you said, American old American cars and ladies smoking cigars and so on. And if they don't see them, they might be be startled and not yeah, yeah. go past. The yes, initial because, impression, and uh... because they have, they have even the, the art directors like they have a, a, a idea in their head that what this place is about. So if you come back with something that isn't at all what they were expecting, you might not even get another job from them mm-hmm. because exactly. you fucked up. You didn't do what was what you were supposed to do. So just take the pictures, hand it over to them, and let them decide if they want to publish them or not. And, uh, and yeah, and then show, show the rest. I mean, uh, it doesn't... Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, send them with, with the rest of the photos and then they have everything they need and they can choose if we're going to do go the, the safe way or the more crazy, unique, new way. <laughs> and after all, I think we agree on, on this fact that originality is overrated. At least that, that's my opinion. But it seems to me that you you share a bit of that sentiment. Uh, yeah, I think I think if you, if you get stuck on that idea, you're gonna miss out on a lot of things because mm-hmm. basically you 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 it doesn't have anything to do with doing what you love. It 
starts to, I mean, it's just about doing something new and weird so that people will see it. And I don't think that creativity or, or art in, in any way should be about pleasing others. It should be about doing whatever you love. And if you do that, people will start loving it. Yeah, and it also ties into uh, another one of your articles. I'm just going to to quote a sentence from it. And the sentence is, don't worry about being unique. Fact, everything has already been made once, so you might as well stop trying and focus on creating more of whatever you do. And uh, this is an article where you let me bring it up. I have it open in about 10 different windows. And mm -hmm. the title of the article is Travel Photography According to Wes Anderson, oh, yeah. which also happens to be one of my favorite directors. So uh, aside from this uh, tidbit about originality, can you tell us... Uh, What did you learn from tra from Wes Anderson regarding travel photography? Well, uh, it was a while since I wrote that article, so I can't really, from the top of my head, remember what I wrote in that one. But uh, in general, I love to watch his movies because they are, I mean, they are, he, he really found his niche. He really found his own way of doing films that... I mean, if you would try to copy him, you would never get away with that. That's, that, that the way he's doing it is just crazy. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I do take a lot of inspiration from movies rather than pictures, actually. I, I, I have very few friends that are uh, professional photographers. I go to very few events about photography I I read a very few blog posts about photography because I am I don't think I don't I don't like talking about photography because it's like talking about a screwdriver it's a tool I mm -hmm. mean in in the end it's about telling a story and I think Wes Anderson is telling his stories in the most amazing ways I mean they are definitely unique Uh, his character, his composition, everything. I mean, he's, I, I, I think he, he's doing storytelling right. You really know how to, how to do that. So uh, I love taking inspiration from him and, and several other uh, filmmakers. I'm, I'm just going to quote uh, from, from this article just uh, to freshen up your memory a bit. Yeah, and thank you. you. I think that's you, a better way to do it. <laughs> to use that as a... It's kind of a, a benefit to our listeners as a tip. And uh, the tip is uh, be sure to make friends with the train concierge. Oh, yeah. yeah what, do, what do you mean by that? Well, uh, again, that this doesn't have to do with actually taking a picture. It doesn't have to do with uh, the composition or the gear you're using or how to set your camera. It just has to do with stay, I mean, talk to people around you. Because, I mean, as, as, as the, uh, the movie uh, Darjeeling Limited, when there's this really cool train conductor mm -hmm. who's basically running the train, he knows everything that's happening. And you have those kind of people all around when you, when you travel around. You have them like in the hotels, you have like taxi drivers, you have police officers, you have club owners, you have everyone around you 
have their network of people and they have their knowledge. So, I mean, you should stop taking pictures. You shouldn't go out from your hotel with the intention to, to, to find people to take pictures of. You should go out of your hotel to find friends, to find people that you can get to know better, to find people that could tell you about the place you're visiting. And then after a while, you will, you will, you will realize that here's an opportunity to take, take a picture of that person or of a place that this person has shown you. But I mean, if you just go out without thinking about finding people to take pictures of, you will run into so many amazing people to, to portray. So basically it's not at all about act of photography. It's basically how, how, how to travel better and in that way how to take better travel photos. Yeah, absolutely agree. I mean, uh, some of the the best stories that I can remember from my travels uh, typically happen when I met some people, made friends with them, and I had suggestions about places to see, where to go, things that are off the map, off the beaten path, and you would not find them on the on the lonely planet. And it's uh, those are the best discoveries, whether you photograph them or not. <laughs> okay, so I would like to talk about this specific uh, article uh, a lot more, but our time is short, so we'll just again refer people to that. And um, there's a lot there to to learn and to, to get inspired from. Uh, I'm going to instead ask you what are the most important traits of extremely passionate travelers. Wow, once again, once again, an article that I wrote <laughs> a while back. <laughs> but I mean, the, what we just talked about—that's a very, a very good, uh, very good point. Like to be open to to meet new people. Uh, and if you would help me out with a few okay, uh, sub, to... subtitles, I will, I will, I will evolve on those. I, I'm going to just to mention something I had. A rant in my mind the other day about this, and uh, the, the the suggestion is: do not let well the what the extremely uh, passionate travelers don't do is they do not let delays put them down. So if uh, your plane is delayed, your train is delayed, and you have to spend another hour in the airport uh, instead of just trying to curl up and die out of boredom. A passionate traveler will accept it as something that she can do anything about it and use it to explore or create. And which, in a way, yeah, I, I agree. I have just my little pet peeve or rant about airports that for some reason you spend a lot of time in the airports doing nothing but waiting. But airports are not designed to let you wait comfortably or stimulate you to just tend you to make you die of boredom. So it's very difficult, at least for me, when I'm in an airport, uh, to to not fall into the trap of just reading something or not doing anything interesting. Oh, but then, then again, I mean, you're having everyone around you feels exactly the same thing. So it would be pretty easy to to just start a conversation with someone around mm-hmm. you because everyone is there in the same boat. <laughs> But uh, and no one's got anything to do but watching movies on their iPads or, or, or flipping through through Instagram on their phones. So 
every every moment is kind of like a a, a, a um, reason to to talk to someone else. I mean, every person you meet will teach you something. Young and old, man, female, they will have something to tell you, and you will have something to tell them. So we, I mean, whenever we are in transit, whenever we're moving from point A to point B, we tend to go into this like a energy saving mode and just stop looking around us, just mm-hmm. waiting to, because this is just traveling. We are traveling from some, we, we, we went from home and now we're going to our destination and everything that's happening in between is just waiting time. But we should, I mean, we should still live through those moments. I mean, shouldn't you just, I mean, you let those hours pass, pass through without anything happening. We still have opportunity to talk to people, to, to learn from other humans. Yeah, which is maybe, I mean, it's becoming more and more difficult maybe to, to talk to strangers because there are diffidence and uh, mis- distrust. Are probably growing, but 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 that's a, that's um that's something we tell ourselves. Like if you're mm-hmm. gonna walk up to someone, it's the same thing when when you walk up to someone on the street and you're gonna ask them, "Can I take your picture?" We, I mean, a lot of, I mean, photographers just starting out. They the the most challenging part is uh, overcoming that fear of approaching someone you don't know because we are thinking like, "Oh, what if he gets mad?" or "What if he?" doesn't have time or what if uh, he's blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, when you walk up to someone in nine out of ten, uh, nine out of ten times, he will say yes and he will be super happy for you taking his picture. Mm. I mean, it's something we're telling ourselves that people are <sighs> suspicious of other, other people. We are, but not, not like that. I mean, everyone loves, to, I mean, or not everyone, but most people really enjoy talking to other people. Most people really enjoy getting to know other people. And the worst thing that could happen, whether you're walking up to someone to ask if you could take a picture or if you start a, try to start a conversation with someone next to you on a, on a train, the worst thing that could happen, that really could happen, is this person saying no or I don't have time. Yeah, that was my experience too. When I- yeah. They spent some time asking people on the street if I could take their portrait and realizing that most people would be very much willing to uh, to, to say yes. So, yeah. Yeah, that, most, of them are, most of them are actually flattered to that you will, yeah. you want to take the picture. Some, some, some countries, some, some areas of the world, people would actually say thank you to, to, to the photographer afterwards. And uh, I, I think in the end, most my main problem with airports, and I was just in, in that situation yesterday when I was uh, expected to wait two hours for a flight at an airport in Spain, in Malaga. And then there was another hour of added delay. It's just that I could have been at the airport in Malaga, Spain, or the airport in Denver, Colorado, or in uh, Beijing, China. And they all look the same nowadays, so they don't. <laughs> I tend to find airports very boring, 
and mm-hmm. uniform. So maybe that's that's my issue with uh, with that specific situation. But I I understand what you mean. Yeah, you should probably try to find somebody to to st- strike a conversation with. Yeah, definitely. All right. So I'm not going to ask you how many countries you have been to. Because mm-hmm. you say you're not counting countries. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, can you tell us what you mean by that? And then maybe not counting countries, but tell us uh, what what are your favorite countries? What are your favorite places that you, you've been to? Or some place you've not been to and you would like to visit next? Well, first, the, the not counting countries part. Uh, that's also from... From an article, of course, uh, where I'm where I'm describing why I'm not keeping track or why I don't think it's very important or important at all to to talk about how many countries I visited. Uh, basically, because I mean, you see all these people saying, "Oh, I went to twenty people, twenty countries in in one month," or "I'm going to visit every country in the world." Uh, but then again, I mean, the the act of visiting a country doesn't really matter. I mean, you could basically jump on a plane, land in, in, in South Korea, step on the ground, and you've visited the country. And then you can go back on the plane and go to the next one. So the act of, I mean, counting how many countries you've been to doesn't really matter. So uh, I, I think it's more important to to be aware of how much you experience while in those countries. I mean, what are you doing? Where are you going? Which people are you meeting? So for me, uh, keeping track on how many countries I've been to, I, I, I could, of course, I could sit down and, and, and count them. I, I, I actually don't know how many countries I've been to. Uh, but I could sit down and count them, but that wouldn't give me anything. It might look cool in my Twitter profile, but then again, mm-hmm. that would just be to impress others. And I don't want to do things to have other people think I'm cool or think that I have a... So what what do you look for when you visit a new country or a new place? I mean, I, I love people. I love to, to talk with people because I never go to museums. I never go to the, uh, like the viewpoints, the sightseeing and stuff like that. I, I just want to talk to people because if you do that, you will learn so much about yourself. You will learn so much about the place you're visiting and you will, you will learn so much about other cultures. And by doing that, you will grow as a person. That's the only way to to become a better person, to become a, a smarter person, to, to talk to others, to learn from others, or read books, mm-hmm. either or. <laughs> yeah, absolutely agreed. Just uh, going to quote again uh, one of your uh, little sentences here. It's, don't mind the number of countries you've visited, mind the number of countries you've experienced. So it's all about experience. And uh, yeah, I'm a... I must confess I'm guilty of counting how many countries I've been <laughs> to. I don't brag about it. <laughs> I don't publish that list online, but sometimes I do. And yeah, I count, for instance, Serbia. I've been to the Belgrade airport for two mm-hmm. hours. 
So <laughs> that to me counts as a country, but it means nothing. I mean, it's uh, as I said before, it's uh, it could have been uh, uh, any other airport in any other country. It doesn't mean yeah. I've got any experience of Serbia just by visiting the the Belgrade airport. Absolutely. So uh, it's uh, it's experiences that count. Absolutely. So um, good. I mean, uh, I think uh, we barely scratch the surface of your uh, of your writing uh, which i find really inspirational and thought provoking so i will just uh, encourage all of our listeners to to check out your website if you just want to um to say to to mention where people can go and find more about you yeah at the moment i've actually have closed my 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 blog where you find the the uh, post but i have kind of put it on hold and it will probably come back in one way or another but uh, at the moment the best way to follow me is through my private uh, uh, email list so that's one of my that's my new favorite way of of getting in touch with with people so you will find that on on jenslenardson.com Okay. And Oops. from there you can you will you will get updates on everything I do, all videos and blog posts and stuff like that. And also on Medium. I love writing on Medium at the moment. Great. We'll put links to, to all of those resources on uh, on the blog post. But uh uh people who are just listening to these can maybe Google you. That's uh, uh Jens Lennartson spelled J E N S L E N N A R T-S-S-O-N. Is that right? Uh, it's so. correct. Okay. <laughs> good. And uh, anything else you would like to, to add before we say goodbye? I am happy with what we talked about. Very good. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very much for uh, for being my guest today. It's uh, As I said, it's been really interesting and, and inspiring and thought-provoking. So I hope our listeners will appreciate it as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Take care. Goodbye. Bye-bye.